Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, podcast asking the question, what can we do to be fully alive in the 21st century? How can we best embody that aliveness when dealing with the unique stressors that we face in this strange and potent time? My name is Brett Kane. I am your host on this grand adventure. And joining us on the show today is my new friend, T.C. Tarot. And today we're going to be talking about just that, the tarot deck and divination as a whole. Um, little disclaimer, I freaking love divination. I don't really care what anybody says. I think this is an extremely potent and powerful modality that can really help you connect with your intuition and really help you align with your intention in the world. And that's exactly what we talk about. Um, this is what I'm calling the field guide to tarot. Um, so we actually talk about what exactly it is, what its function is. Are we using magic? Is this a secular thing? Do you have to be religious to use it? Can you use it if you are religious? Um, we literally cover pretty much every element that might be blocking someone from wanting to engage with this really powerful and frankly beautiful practice. Uh, not only do we talk about some of the things surrounding it, such as, um, you know, whether or not it's magical. We also dive into the deck itself, um, exploring kind of the, the traditional, what's called the Rider White deck, which is kind of everybody's typical for, first foray. And we talk about what the fool's journey is, the difference between the major and the minor arcana, and what each of the, the classic suits all represent within the human experience. And yeah, this one is a really fun conversation for me. Uh, I feel like we immediately were just like, oh yeah, fellow kins on the path of figuring this whole life thing out so i really enjoyed this conversation i found tc on um ramin nazir's uh rainbow brain skull podcast which i also really suggest if um you're unfamiliar with his work he's a really dope visual artist who also has a podcast that is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun so that's what we're going to be doing today uh if you want to book a session with tc i really strongly suggest it Actually, at the end of this conversation, you'll hear me get like a 20-minute reading so you can kind of see what their work is really about, what the process and the conversation of tarot really looks like, not in like the TV or movies thing where somebody dramatically pulls the death card and lightning flashes and <gasps> it's a bad omen, but like what what we're actually doing here, you know, this is a very rich lineage. Um, but if you want to book a session with TC, you can head on over to their website, tctarot.com or at tctarot, and that is T-E-E-S-E-E, -E -E, tarot. So um, yeah, I, I really suggest it. They also do uh, tarot lessons to help kind of get you started on your own tarot path, which is something we also talk about very briefly here and also talk about the, the nature of being a professional um, tarot reader and what exactly that looks like and some of the perils and pitfalls that you might have to look out for. Um, yeah, if you want to support this show, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe over on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, get involved in whatever way. Just let me know what you're thinking about the show. Truly, all interaction really does help. So if the show's ever inspired you or you feel like this episode or any prior episode would be helpful to somebody else in your locust of community, please feel free to share it. Feel free to get engaged. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, it means the world to me. I love doing this show. I love getting to meet people like TC and have these really great conversations where I actually have to re-listen to it to do the editing, and I'm almost always learning new things. And, you know, it, it really has been an absolute treat for me to be able to do this and to bring you all this um, 
this material, these conversations. It truly is something that I want to keep doing for as long as I can. And hopefully we can get a nice community around us and then uh, start really diving deeper into all these things. These are topics that are going to be circled around time and time again because there's an infinite amount of nuance and subtlety to pretty much every subject that I've brought up so far. So yeah, we're about to be heading into 2022 and hopefully we got some big things in store. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for this year's support. Truly, I really, really appreciate it. We are cropping up on 50 episodes already. It's really hard to believe for me, even going down to the bi-weekly release. It is, uh, it's a lot of work to make this show happen and, you know, keep the momentum going so thank you so much if you've been an active listener um thank you for joining us if this is your first time truly um i hope you enjoy yourself in this space that we're all co-creating so that's my spiel for uh this episode thank you again so much please sit back drink some tea do some stretches and open your hearts for tc tarot Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. Uh, I hope you're having a really great day today. I've been looking forward to this conversation since I actually heard you uh, a couple weeks ago. So I just want to start by saying thank you and welcome to the space. Oh my gosh, thank you, Brad. It is such an honor to be here with you. Yeah, cool. So just as a preface, the listeners already know because they've listened to the intro. I do that before. Um, we're going to be talking about divination, talking about tarot, something that I have been participating in for probably about five years now. I got my own Rider White deck. I haven't gotten into any of the other ones. I'm like, I'm going to stick to the standard. But I just kind of wanted to tell you my very first foray into tarot. Um, wasn't actually with tarot it was with magic the gathering <laughs> oh don't get me started man do not get me started oh we're gonna we're gonna open pandora's box here a little bit Ooh. when i was really young i ended up stumbling across um it was one of the early og magic cards it was like the goblin bowling team i remember it really specifically oh and I had it, and I was just so entranced by this card. I mean, it was beautiful artwork. It was really interesting. had a lot of mystique to it. And my mom saw it, and she was not happy because she didn't really understand that it was just a playing card game. <laughs> like, it wasn't even what she thought it was. But her apprehension to me having that magic card, she kept saying, this is going to open doors. You don't know what you're playing with. These are big forces. It's satanic. And that naturally made me want to play magic even more <laughs> oh my god and what better advertisement could you get that's what i'm saying i'm like you really did a bad job of you know same thing with like marilyn manson who is now canceled we don't want to talk about that but you know like that is the one artist i don't want you listening to like that's who my favorite <laughs> artist is now <laughs> <Okay>. great <laughs> thanks yeah so that i think at a very young age instilled in me like i am just kind of drawn to that kind of esoteric kind of deep meaningful interaction with the card even though that wasn't even what it was and I later you know found out like oh tarot is its own thing and that's what my mom wanted me to avoid but I'm just kind of curious about starting off hearing about your tarot journey when did you find this art science I don't know what you'd consider it what's your what's your journey been so far so I'm I think it's so interesting that you bring up just uh, <clears throat> being drawn to 
a very powerful card. Okay, so I, I know, uh, like, if I recall correctly, goblins are not super powerful on their own, but um, are really annoying when you get them all together. Irrelevant, but... Um, and what I think is, is so compelling about that is that you had a, you connected very early on to just the power of that comes in, in these forms, you know, uh, cartomancy would be what we would call divining with, you could divine with a magic, the gathering deck, um, something that like, and I, and I gave you the caveat earlier, it was like all opinions are my own, yada, yada. I don't represent the psychic community at large or anything, but um people use can you can use anything to divine you can you can drop a bunch of uh grains on the ground and see how they cluster and and divine from that you can uh i could throw a throw a wet towel at the wall see where it lands you know just things like that but but cartomancy and cards are particularly compelling because they are um imbued not in the in with i mean loosely with magic like often imbued with like such uh Power, like numerology um and uh but more more in the magic cards like the uh even just the visual art and that's what makes tarot like half of what makes tarot so compelling is that you you just have these like richly symbolic like lavishly illustrated um cards that you can you can just drop into like just drop into the pond of a subconscious and just be like what is so much is coming up um and um so how did so I just thought that was really interesting. It's like, yeah, you 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 see that you see that saw the heart of the cards pretty early. Um, uh, even just like color, like like you can you can use color to divine. Um, that's a big part of Magic: The Gathering. Um, symbolism. I could go on, but so and I kind of and and since you brought that up, I feel like my first experience just with car. I was I was raised like playing cards, and mm. um, the tarot. I can get into that is like largely uh very similar to the structure of a playing card deck it's got you got suits you got ace through ten and you have king queen and uh prince and prince and knight i'm sorry knight and page i've been using different decks uh knight and page or prince and princess yada yada but um instead of king queen and jack um so super similar and obviously like i didn't i i didn't ever learn to divine with the cards but when there's so much ritual around cards and like when we learn to play cards we we learn like the ritual and the power of cards literally some cards are more powerful than others like you can play cards certain ways and they and they do different things and it's just and maybe uh, maybe i could say subconsciously that 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 sort of started connecting things in me that when i you know was finally just like a kind of a weirdo teen and Felt like, like I feel like I'm overdue for my first tarot deck, and I found it um, at a at a used bookstore. It was Albano Alban, Al, Alba, Albano Weight. It's um, very similar to Rider Weight, uh, but the colors are are kind of bizarrely off. It's like a kind of an it's almost like a little bit of an apocalyptic lens. It's just like the sky's orange a lot of the time, mm. uh, but it, it's it's really cool. Um, so how did my journey start? Um, I got the deck when I was a teen. I was really intimidated by it. Uh, I didn't get into it for years. And um, I'm like, part of the reason I'm so glad to be on your show is to help sort of guide anybody who may be that intimidated, like as intimidated as I was, um, and just be like, it's just cards. I know there's a lot of them. I know they have a lot of crazy symbols on them, but it's simple enough. You can learn what you need to do to get started. And then from there, it's just going with your gut. But yeah, that's how my journey started. 
and did not continue for years. Um, and then I think it just after a while got more curious, started reading pulling cards for myself, pulling cards for my friends, getting really annoying about it. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, can I read your tarot? They're just like, oh, Jesus, fine. <laughs> um, uh, which I don't recommend, by the way. Uh, yeah. You never, yeah. you never want to like force a reading on somebody. That's ridiculous. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, much to learn. And then, and then I really, uh, I got serious about tarot when I moved to LA in 2017 and started reading at, um, our comedy show, High Priestess Comedy. And I talked about this a little bit. Um, I know you, you, uh, you heard me on Ramin's, uh, Ramin Nazir's podcast, um, which is so much fun, the Rainbow Brain School podcast. And I told him a little bit about, it was like actually when I started accepting money for readings that I started taking it really seriously. Like, talk about like a loaded symbol money's about as serious as it gets you know so it's like if people are going to trust me with their money and their time like mm -hmm. i'm really like it, it it just brings a whole new sense of yeah. uh discipline to it so yeah yeah so yeah and, and i learned i learned more from reading from uh from strangers people i'd never met than um not that i'd ever learned like certainly than i'd ever learned reading for myself but it was again just being in that arena of like I don't know you, like we, we don't know each other at all, except for like right now and let's see what we got. And, and uh, yeah, that's how, I, that's how I started building my confidence, sort of uh, getting to where I am now. Long story. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. I love the idea of like playing card games. Like uh, here in Michigan, we have, um, oh, it's one, I never actually learned to play it, but like everybody around me knows how to play it. And I am just spacing on the name. But essentially, like, the way that it works is, like, you get initiated into this, and it's almost like a little bit of a ceremony. Like, you get invited to the table, you learn the rules, and it's the same thing with, like, poker or anything. You, like, kind of, like, watch everybody, how everybody starts playing it, and they initiate you into this, like, secret, like, we all know how to play the game. And then you all imbue each of the cards with their own meaning that has the potential to destroy the people next to you, you know? Like, you have the better hand, and they're like, no, I just lost all that money. And, like... It is interesting how we just imbue like the the poker table, if you will, with so much power. And we're all just in investing in symbols, you know? So that is actually a really cool like correlation between the two. Um and I think what's also really cool about what you said is like I mean, for you obviously tarot is a very important part of your life. And the fact that it started off with an intimidation, I think also indicates a level of respect that I think is also like for the folks who are out there who are intimidated by it, it's a very likely sign that they're, that is a part of the path that they're going to be walking. You know, if you are imbuing it with all of this like uh, apprehension, it's on the spectrum of appreciation, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I just want to encourage any listener who's hearing, you know, your story and all of this, like, yeah, maybe that's a sign to like lean in, you know, like the things that make you scared, you know, why, why hold yourself back from that, you know, to explore that. So. Oh, such a good point. I like, uh, I, I honestly needed that because whenever I come across fear, I'm like, don't be scared. And that's, you know, you don't, you don't do anything with fear when you just try to try to like put up a shield against it. It's, yeah, it's, you don't. It's about embracing it and, exactly. and, and respecting it. So yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I probably have said this on the show. I'm uh, someone who studies a lot of Buddhism. I don't consider myself any ism or ist or anything, but I find a lot of meaning and joy in it. And one of the things that they talk about is like the path of fearlessness is walked on fear. So like to be fearless, you actually have to look at fear. You have to engage with it. Otherwise, any defense, any deception that kind of blinds you from it is actually you're just feeding it so the idea oh. is to face it 
you know so, so good so yeah good. yeah it's it's a beautiful beautiful system um but i'm not here to pull us into that because i do that in all my social things <laughs> yeah you if you if you're forcing people to do readings i'm forcing them to listen to my dharma talks <laughs> it's really bad at parties and i'm like yeah but do you want to hear about like the four noble truths what about like life is suffering you know this this drink is impermanent and then they're just like dude i gotta i gotta go like somebody over there yeah yeah Yeah, that's me so that's something i'm working through that's my karma but so you've been doing it for about four years now you're starting to charge money with it and that's another thing i think is really important um i also i teach meditation as well and at first it felt really weird to charge for like a spiritual service if you will but i think that it helps create the container and it helps other people invest value into it which for them makes it even more meaningful you have to create space within yourself to want to do it and financial investment is your giving of energy you know so i think it's cool that you brought up like that is an element of being a reader so how how is how has that process worked for you like working with the general public in your level of confidence have you ever like come across somebody where you've done a reading and then they're like i don't resonate with any of that like how do you handle working with the public with something like this um Boy, confidence is really is uh, is such a smoke show, um, and yet it's like <laughs> like it proves itself the instant you bring it into existence because you're doing all the smoke and mirrors in the back, and somebody else is getting like, you know, a even confident reading, and um, and again, and that's and that's the value if you can if you can contribute to that value, um, confidence like it goes so far and and even just like confidence in being wrong too um or not wrong but saying like sometimes i do i'll I'll pull a card and and i'll be yapping on and i'll and i'll check in and be like does this is this hitting for you and you're like not really and then i'm like okay i'm so glad you told me because i know a lot of other stuff about this card maybe it's some of this i'm not Mm. like i say sometimes i'm really i'm not trying to do a parlor trick Really, I love I love it when I like have a little psychic flair and get something right. I I'm not immune to that sort of <laughs> zazzle, but um, but I want you to get something out of it because it matters to me. You know, partly because you're paying for it, and and partly because you're spending time with me and and trusting me, and like maybe it's your first tarot reading. I want it to be good. So, um, so that I think is where ultimately beyond the smoke and mirrors of just like, oh crap, how do I read tarot again? Um, I'm gonna fake it until I make it, and you make it, but um. I think is where that comes from. It's just like, we're going to figure this out. Like it's going to, there's, because even if like my energy is lower or like I'm missing some marks, I find that whoever I'm reading for will offer something, offer something up. And I'm like, oh, that's what this is. That's what you needed. Like it, it comes from, it comes from them ultimately, yeah. you know, yeah. I'll help. But everything, everything that's going to stick for somebody I'm reading for is going to come from them. They choose, mm-hmm. it's like selective hearing, selective memory. Um, and that's what matters. That's why That's why the process of divination is so personal. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea that like, there's kind of a few different components of successfully doing this. And like the first is like trust in the process. If you have full faith in the tarot as a means of self-transformation, you don't need to defend it. You don't need to like posture and like, oh, I gotta have this huge experience. And the second one is faith in the other person's intelligence and their intuitive capacity to generate their meaning and like find what they want and i'm sure some people come to this space 
inherently really skeptical and will not get anything from it because they're putting up their own walls. But then that just, that isn't their modality, you know, like that isn't their thing. And it says nothing about the tarot or the reading or the energy of the space. It's just more about what, where they're at, you know? So that's just my idea of what it would take to really have a sustainable thing without actually knowing. But we're talking a lot about, I mean, the, the process of you as a reader, which I think is actually really fascinating. But what exactly is happening in the tarot space? What is the function that this has for us? Like, what exactly is divination doing? Divination is like, at its, at its simplest, is connecting to uh, your intuition. Um, and if you want to call that a sixth sense, if you want to get like psychic and, and woo-woo about that, that's what that is. Um, at the very least, at the very, um, at the most base skeptic friendly level, it is connecting to um, your, your gut feeling even and, and giving it a voice and giving it quite a loud and vibrant voice, which is very like tremendously empowering when, um, you know, we hear it, you, you, there's so much myth about intuition and we all respect its power and we all hear the, the idioms about trusting your gut yada yada follow your nose just all that all that sort of stuff and yet when push comes to shove are we're not really taught actively to do it um uh we are sort of led astray by a lot of illusions and um divination in whatever form is really when when it's most effective it's when you take what comes up like what just comes up as soon as you look really um and um and it could be similar every time because it's because it's shaped by what you know, and it could be completely fucking different. And and like having the humility to be like, what the fuck just came up? <laughs> like yeah. I've never even <laughs> thought that before because it's not yeah. about thinking. You know, it's about right. it's about this sort of like this like ghost body in you that is like sensing and reacting and stretching across time and space and like giving you little little flashes of stuff. It's so yeah. cool. Tarot's the best. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say it right now. If you get one thing from listening to me on this podcast, just if you want a tarot deck, go get one um, and read it. It's so fun. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, I I find myself using it when I'm like going through difficulty more than when I am just like, oh, things are great. I don't really have to intuit anything. But it's always like when I come up to that like growth edge where I'm like, ooh, like, am I am I getting a solid read on this situation? Like, can I trust what my thinking mind is telling me? And then I find when I pull the card and it tells me something or I tell me something, I if I find myself arguing with it, if I'm like, no, that's not really, I'm like, oh, that's probably it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and again, it's like so, so, so hard. This is what's really hard about it is giving that sort of little ghost voice space and credence against like the, the tyranny of your, of your uh, inner monologue or your mind or your sense of logic or reason or you know mm -hmm. all this like that's yeah. not right and what that's not correct and yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. the practice that's really honestly that's really the practice it's just kind of strengthening and attuning to that smaller voice that starts small and probably gets pretty loud the more you develop a connection to it what i think is really interesting is a lot of people really put this in the camp of kind of like woo psychic kind of stuff and whatever connotation they'll ascribe to that usually it's kind of like pseudoscience-y but to me this feels like such a secular thing like to me I don't I kind of divorce it from the sense of like 
any mystic. I mean, I guess there is maybe inherent to it, but like for me, it's like it's a way of seeing what's actually there. And you can't really argue with your experience if you're open, if you're not inherently putting up walls, and you pull a card and you have a response to it. That first best thought, first thought, best thought thing is like that is the thing, you know. And to me, it's like I don't see how people can really argue with it. <laughs> totally. So I mean. If you, if you believe in the subconscious, you can believe in the power of the tarot. And that's as secular, skeptic-friendly as it gets. Um, and it's, it's uh, like, I couldn't say that it is divorced from mysticism because it's, so, it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. And um, when we get into, into mysticism, into witchcraft, into magic, we need our, our tools, you know? And honestly, like, I'm a like I'm a big believer in magic, and and magic is the same thing. All what every all of us coming from all these different angles are trying on these different lenses to look at what's actually there. You know, yeah. tarot is one of those things. Magic practice is one of those things. Religion is one of those things. Science is one of those. I mean, I'm like I have the most embarrassing um, predilection for Dan Brown books. I just like I'm I just. Familiar. Oh my, oh, wait, you're not familiar. He wrote The Da Vinci Code, so. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I'm familiar with God. that, but I've never read it. Uh, yeah. They're just, um, if you like books that are really silly and all the same and kind of, and pretty fun, um, then yeah, I totally recommend them. But okay. that's okay. every one of them culminates in like, why are science and religion at war? It's all the, you know, we're all just examining yeah. the same thing, which, yeah. yes, of course. Like we're, and, and tarot is one of those tools. Like we're just, like so much of this energy that we don't put into just like waking up and having coffee and doing what we need to do every day is just like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I here? Why is my life like this? Why is our life like this? What's happening? What's going to happen? And um, like, regardless of if you acknowledge it or not, like I firmly believe everybody's got a pot of that on the back burner. And tarot is just one of the ways you dip in and, you know, get a ladle in there. Like, okay. What is going on? What the fuck I is my that. life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah just a, a powerful tool. Uh, that was a ramble, but like. No, I, yeah, that was great. I love the, the ladle analogy. Everybody's cooking some kind of uh, uncertainty stew, but nobody oh, wants yeah. to taste the broth. It's <laughs> just like, oh, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. That reminds me. I made a vegetable broth once and I don't even know why, but it ta- I, I cooked it forever. It had good stuff in it and it just turned out tasting terrible. Um, oh, no. I just got a very, a very vivid memory yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> my own uns- uncertainty broth. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Have you ever brothed since? Or did that like put a kibosh on the broth? I don't, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. It was I, scarring, I guess. I'm super sensitive. I'd have been like, I'm done cooking. Like that. If I, if I invest like eight hours into something and then it sucks, I'm like, well, I'm never doing that again, which probably isn't a good inclination. But So zen though. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the zen yeah. of cooking, the zen of crafting. It's like, I yeah. put so much fucking time and effort to this and it sucks. Oh, it yeah. sucks ass. What yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. You know, do it again? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a little bit? I don't know. Yeah. So where, where do you find yourself on, so you mentioned the use of magic and I, this is something I actually haven't talked about on the show yet. I don't think, but I, I love it. You know, it's not my, my native wisdom stream, but I feel like I have an intuitive grasping of it and that it's kind of a science for how to alter your experience and how you relate to life. 
you know. How do you, what is your interpretation of the Magic Pursuit? And uh, do you subscribe? And what would be your lineage stream if you do? I think, I mean, Magic is just like the most resonant way I have ever found to can see the world, connect with the world, and honestly enjoy the world. Um, and and feel more connected to my life and have feel like I have agency in my life. And it's all about that. It's all it's all about what's going up up going on up top in the control panel. If I um, burn an herb, dump a magic potion down the toilet and say five words and I feel better about something I'm gonna do next, then the thing I'm gonna do next is gonna go better. Yeah. It doesn't really, I'm like, the, I, I come back to this, like, it doesn't really matter what you do. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm using tarot to parse a difficult situation or throwing the wet towel at the wall. It doesn't really matter if I'm going to church or grinding up Eye of Newt, whatever. If it changes the way I feel and it changes the way I approach my life and my experience, then that's what matters, you know? So, yeah. Um, I've heard magic just like I think magic is the uh, is the pinnacle the pinnacle union of intuition and intention mm. and like and really setting intention and really getting to the like to really really set a genuine intention you have to really get to the heart of it like you can set an intention with your mind being like I really want to uh, get fifty thousand dollars to buy a fancy new car. And if you don't do that without intuition, all these questions come up around it. Like, why? Why do I want this car? Is it to impress my dad? Is it to make me feel like my life is going somewhere important? And then and then without that, the intention never really comes up, you know? So, right, right. yeah, intention and intuition. You have to intuit. It's like, this car is really important to me because... Every time I get into I get into this fantasy car of mine and drive somewhere, it makes me feel powerful and happy and confident, and that changes. You know, just like getting into getting into that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. and like, and that's why I need the car. Yeah. You know. Anyhow, yeah. intention. It feels intuition. like it, there's the element of it. It's like it's self discovery, and it's like a tool for you to be able to kind of not psychoanalyze, but dive deeper into your desires. And oftentimes I find, especially in like the manifestation community, um, I'm kind of a subscriber to like Neville Goddard, if you've ever heard of his I work. I really suggest that he was a Barbados mystic who um, really has a really thorough explanation of how manifestation works. And the thing that he talked about, and I think Mitch Horowitz, if is that another name that... Oh, that's a name that I've heard and cannot place. Okay. Yeah, he wrote... Um, miracle club i think but their whole thing about manifestation about doing work like this is that it has to come from the feeling that you already have the thing rather than just thinking your way there so the process i mean in order to genuinely do that in a way that isn't faking it you have to understand where you are to see where you want to go so a lot of people they sit there and they'll do some sort of practice and they'll think about something they want but they're not actually acknowledging the present moment of the real reason why they want that thing like i really want this 
social media following so that, you know, I can, I can help people is what they tell themselves, you know, my platform so I can like really show up. But really what it is, is because they want to rise in that social hierarchy. So they have a misalignment between their intention and the reality of where they are. So I feel like with like tarot, with doing magic, you have an opportunity to really tap into the energetic, emotional resonance that you're at. And then you can actually shift that frequency, that resonance to align with the reality you want rather than like bullhead your way through because then you're just going to create tension and you're going to be all stuck. You might get like an echo of it and then it'll validate your ego and then you're going to keep pushing forward. But unless you have that like radical self-honesty, I feel like you're going to be just taking yourself out at the knees, so to speak, and especially with like tarot, you know? It's, uh, tarot's honestly the, uh, the strongest antidote to like, um, <laughs> it's, it's a real reality check when it comes to manifestation and, um, and magic and that sort of thing. Um, cause it really, no matter what, it shows you what is going on. Like every once in a while I'll be like, oh man, I feel like shit. I'm going to pull a card. I could really, you, I could really like to see the strength card right about now. <laughs> yeah. That would make me feel great. And then it's just like, nope, ten of swords. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck you, but accurate, you know, yeah. accurate, real. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. That's my lesson for right now. You know, not yeah. the lesson I want to have right now. Yeah. Ugh, it's so humbling. I, I recently went through a, a breakup type situation that lasted a little bit longer than I care to admit. But, you know, I was like kind of like hanging on a bit neurotically. And this I was reading a lot of tarot at this point because I was like, I just need some like assistance to see in myself like what's going on. And I was doing like relationship readings and I was really trying to like hang on to any indication like this is going to go positive. But like every time it was just like it was like three of swords. It was, you know, all of the things that were like, no, yeah, it's done. Like you got to give up. And it was day after day after day. And it was relentlessly like I was just looking for something to like firm ground in this vision that I had. But the tarot was like, nah, we're not doing that today. Nope. Or for the next three months, you're just going to get the same thing. So, yeah, I can attest. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it's also like even just getting into like the difference between what you're seeing and what you want to see. Um, if you're pulling like the three of swords a lot during a breakup, there's there's it's hard to disabuse yourself of the it's like it's hard to convince yourself like, nope, everything is good. And let's just carry on the way we're because the three of swords is like one of the first like nope, this really hurts, something is like dying, something is bleeding. Yeah. Um, depending on which deck you pull, however, like the, uh, the sun is rising or the sun is shining in the, ba- in the back of it. And that actually really depends. It may, I haven't read classic Rider weight in a long time and I think that one might be totally gray, totally fucked, but in mine is. at least, yeah, there's a, there's a nice sun in the back. It matters what deck you use. You get different stuff from different decks. It's interesting. Um, and even just like, I remember... Um, one reading I learned a lot from a friend asked me uh, was that having like doubts about a relationship. And this is, this is years ago. And I hope I have like <clears throat> gotten a little, a little more tactful since, but I pulled the tower. And I was just like, break up. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> like, no, nah, it's done. Like, forget about it. Whereas like the more accurate, the more, the more nuanced reading was probably like, not necessarily like like break up or stay together but like things are falling apart like and in some way and like and that energy is here and if you don't deal with it it's just going to continue to be here um and what are you like it's not even what are you willing to let fall apart it's like 
can you be honest with yourself about what is falling apart, you know, mm. and what you're willing to rebuild? Yeah. That's, that's probably what I would have said now. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, when I was a little bit younger, saw like the poll as, or like the, the spread as like a proclamation of how things will be. Whereas now I feel like my approach is that it's an invitation to explore the energy that that card is representing. And it's less like it's like, this is what's happening. This is your future. You're doomed to this. It's like, here's a potential. And how do you want to relate to it? Totally. Let me, that's such a perfect uh, invitation to something um, I feel I would got to get out here because we were talking before the show about like, sort of in, like a, like basically a kind of an introduction to reading and you've allowed me a lot of rambling. I appreciate that. We haven't gotten quite gotten into the nuts and bolts yet, but, um, and sort of myth busting also. And something I love, a myth I love to bust about the tarot. Um, again, disclaimer, I do not represent all tarot readers, but like personally, I do not claim to read the future. I do not think that tarot tells the future. Um, it is when you're looking at the cards, you are getting these kind of, these lenses looking into what's happening right now. And of course, what's happening right now is going to shape what happens in the future. You, you get to build, you're building your own future starting right now with what you have. Mm -hmm. So you have, it's like exactly what you're saying earlier. You don't know, you can't really tell where you're going to go until you know where you're at. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I also like, I, I, again, I, I firmly believe that tarot does not tell the future, but tarot does tell stories. So, and we live stories. Uh, we live a lot of the same stories over and over again, you know, to learn these lessons that we need to learn. So I can, when I do prediction, I do like prediction based on what I know about the tarot and uh, in relationship, what I know about human experience, my own experience, my observation of experience. So in that way, I can like give you a vision of the future, but it's not like this will happen. No way. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. You do what you want, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, I kind of like what you said about how like you're using the card, the energy of the card is like a lens into your experience. And I just had this very vivid kind of tactile sensation of like, regardless of what, like there are no wrong cards. They're simply offering you kind of like a viewfinder into your experience. It shades and colors and it's like, if something resonates, then you feel that. And if it doesn't, then it's still giving you information like, okay, so this isn't actually an element of this like if you're strongly like yeah i don't really feel that like there's still no wrong in that you know it's just helping you refine your intuitive spotlight to really get more specific and even that like that process of kind of nope that's not it like i think that that's really beneficial actually totally because it keeps yeah. you looking in other places because maybe you pull yeah. a card it's like this is really do it for me and then who knows, maybe a friend comes to you with a total three of swords experience. It was like, oh, it's 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 happening around me. Like this experience is part yeah. of my experience. You know, yeah. it just help, kind of helps you focus on what to look for. Yeah. Oh, and I have to do another another really juicy myth bust. There are no good or bad cards. Um, yeah. That's that's one. There are scary cards since we were talking about fear and how important fear is. And again, I appreciate that so much. There are scarier cards and kind of sweeter cards. Um, and in some way, the scary cards, I think, are more important. I mean, no card is more important, but the scary cards are really important. If they, yeah. if that scares you, it's important. So people are really yeah. scared by the death card. Obviously, people are really scared by the devil card. Obviously, mm -hmm. people are scared by the tower. People are scared of the three of swords. People are scared of pain, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of pain portrayed in the tarot because the tarot is an illustration of life. And there's plenty of pain in life, you know? Yeah. I love that. I actually had that in my notes. I wanted because I... 
you know, that's one that I think really chipped off people in the Satanic Panic era. There's a devil card. There's a death card. Oh, my God. This inherently, this entire system is flawed. We can't even acknowledge that. (laughs) So tragic. What? There's death in life? Bullshit. No, no. No death. No bad. There's compulsive forces, you know, like, no, we're not going to address that. So I I liked what you said that it's telling a story. And I think the most the the common story between a lot of decks, uh, specifically in the Rider way, I'm not sure how far this goes, but is that of the fool's journey. Um, This is essentially like the entire tarot of my understanding, um, at least in like the major arcana. Could you kind of elaborate on what exactly this is and how it relates to like the structure of the deck? Like, what is the overall story of the tarot? So the way um, the way I read it, I look at the tarot itself as just kind of um, like a photo album of life, honestly, and you're sort of flipping back and forth. That's another way you can divine, by the way. You can just pick up a book and flip to a page and put your, put your finger on a word, and there you go. But um, so tarot itself is just sort of like a story of life and of human experience. Um, the Fool's Journey is um, is the story of the Major Arcana. Uh, the Fool is, the car- there are 22 cards in the Major Arcana. The Fool is number zero, which is... Uh, numerologically we could get into it but he's sort of removed from the actual sequence he's he's this sort of uh um like he, this sort of protagonist they're the protagonist you know gender's dead whatever but um and the major arcana tells us sort of like with these very mist uh, not not mystical mythical archetypes tells a story of like things we find along the way as we grow up as we learn um challenges that we face um and i think what's really cool is it starts off the first like character that he meets they meet is the magician the first thing the fool learns is that the fool is that they have power and they have power to connect to the divine and bring it to earth so cool like so cool and and so empowering to think like once you can start believing that for yourself that's like the beginning of your whole story um yeah the fool connects then with the high priestess sort of the guardian and goddess of intuition and mystery. The empress, um, the great creator, the great mother, the emperor, uh, daddy, Mr. Rules, Mr. Discipline, Mr. Structure. Uh, I could go on. There are, like I said, 22 cards culminating in the world where the fool sort of returns, like after this this great learning experience, sort of, it's like, I think to your point of what you're saying earlier, this is when after, after you do all this learning, then you sort of join the community in a whole new way. Like I've done so much learning for myself. I've done so much healing for myself. And now I bring this back into the world, you know, and it even starts over. It's like, okay, next lesson, next cycle, you know, but that's sort of a little, the way the story goes for the fool. That's wonderful. It's interesting because it kind of mirrors the traditional path of Buddhism too. And this is just like a a really quick aside. Um, The three like major vehicles of Buddhism are the Hinayana, which is kind of self-study. That's when you're learning about your mind, about meditation, suffering, how it, how to get past suffering. But then once you, you go on that, that's considered the narrow path. Then you go into the Mahayana, which is the, the greater path, Maha meaning greater, Yana, the vehicle. And that's where you become like the Bodhisattva, if you've ever heard of that concept, where you are giving up your personal liberation in service of other people. You're engaging with the energy of the world. And then it turns into the Vajrayana, which is kind of their tantric kind of thing, where you're just working with the energy of every single moment. There's magic imbued in everything. But it starts from like that kind of self-narrow focused way, but then you end up completely merging with the world, you know? So I just think that that's a really interesting kind of correlation, you know? 
So with the, the with the fool's journey the major arcana and the story that kind of develops there how does that have what's the relationship between that and the minor arcana or what even is the minor arcana and how does that play out let me tell you yeah about the minor arcana so the minor arcana are where the tarot looks most closely like a deck of playing cards you got the four suits and um these correspond to like four elements of the human experience you have the cups uh, corresponding to the element of water, and that uh, represents your emotional life, um, relationships, feelings, yada yada. Um, we have the uh, the swords uh, corresponding to the element of air and to the mental realm, uh, perception, huge, uh, logic, reason, sense of justice, um, mental energy. Uh, I, I have a very like mental health based reading of the swords, which I I mean like don't mm -hmm. get me started, but. That's what we deal with with the swords. Um, the wands correspond to the element of fire and sort and to the element of spirit, um, like your own personal spirit beyond your mind, uh, your mind, your feelings, your body, um, realm of the pentacles. And um, it's like, and it's, it's, it's like, what, what, what's your, what's your creative work? What's your magic? What motivates you? What's, what's, what's in your engine? What gets you going? That kind of thing. Um, your power even and then um, the pentacles I actually just started uh, leaning into a interpretation of the pentacles as corresponding to um, the element of earth is classic but the body um, is a really mm -hmm. interesting read but beyond that they correspond to like everything that connects you to earth and obviously the body is like this major the our major connection to earth all around us but it's also uh, pentacles have to do with money money is like kind of this like this obviously a currency of like how we engage and thrive on earth um uh security structure beauty um abundance uh like resources resources yeah. come up yeah. with the pentacles and each of those little uh eights through ten uh the pips uh tells a little story uh if you lay them all out you will see it for yourself and um of, of each suit and the way the uh, the major arcana corresponds to the minor arcana is, I, I sort of see it more as like the minor arcana, again, no card is more important than another, but the minor arcana tend to show you like day by day uh, experiences. Uh, when you pull a major arcana card, like take note just because you're looking at a bigger trend, you're looking at something that's happening um, like a really big feeling in your life, you know, like not just day by day, like week by week, month by month, even year by year, like something that you're working with. So just just kind of scope and scale. You have sort of the more mythic and the more mundane, I would say, mm. for, between the major and the minor. Yeah. So I know you just said to not get you started, but the yeah. idea of the swords as a mental health, I'm actually really curious about totally. your take on that. Okay, get me started. I dare yeah, you. Okay, I'm sorry. So... Yeah, you said not to. Like, you, I just told you earlier, when people tell me not to do things, that's what I'm doing. I know, right? Um, yeah. So uh, I have a... The swords are gnarly. That's the thing about the swords. And, um, and you see it when you look at the story of the swords. It starts out... The power of the sword, the power of the mind is immense. Um, mm -hmm. It is... The mind is so powerful. Uh, you can... You shape your reality. It's a, like a, a very powerful, sharp tool that you use to shape your experience of reality because you know it's all starting from your perceptions but um it gets tough after that the two of swords is like we start feeling really stuck it's like somebody sitting with swords crossed across their heart just very very stuck after that you get the three of swords ouch you saw that one um mm -hmm. listeners it's a it's a totally iconic like a heart with three swords in it it's like yucky um four of swords is like 
is okay. And then it, it just, it really snowballs. It really goes downhill. And the um, culminating in the Ten of Swords, which is like the most extra dramatic card. It's somebody laying, um, at least in, in most rider weights and uh, rider weight and most derivatives, it's somebody laying face down in the snow, Ten Swords in their back, bleeding to death. Like, it's yeah. so extra. Um, and the, the fundamentally, the way I incorporate my understanding of mental health and wellness into the story of the swords is that when we live, when we give the mind too much power, and that's what we're looking at, sword on top of sword on top of sword on top of sword. Like when you're trying to do too much with your mind, when this mental energy is like running amok, there's no good ending. There really isn't. Mm. Um, and that is illustrated even further by the fact that the, the swords are only one of the suits in the entire tarot deck, which is like this entire life experience. So like when, when we put too much credence into like, it's like I've, I've likened this to like, if you're in a factory making the most wonderful things, but you never leave the manager's office, like the kind of the kind of bubble up in the top, like not only are you not experiencing life really in, in its full form, you know, maybe not connected to your body or your feelings or your spirit or sort of the greater story, um, but it just it hurts. You just cut yourself up when the sword energy goes unchecked. Um, and it's, it's not our fault, it's no one's fault. It's that we, because the mind is so powerful, uh, most of us are taught that it can do anything and like fix anything. And anybody who suffered from like anxiety and depression and any sort of mental health issues, like, oh no, the mind can be like really like, it's very powerful and like very dark sometimes, yeah. you know? It can be yeah. our undoing. Like that's what we see in the Ten of Swords, like, our actual undoing mm -hmm. like with all that power so yeah. that's sort of long story sort of short that's my read more or less. yeah i i think that that's actually really helpful because i mean a lot of people see some of those cards and they are very turned off by it are there i mean you said that there's no like bad card but like in what situation could like the ten of swords be interpreted as like a positive thing you know, is there any sort of situation where you pull a swords and it's like, oh, there's people getting stabbed and viscera everywhere. Like, this is good. <laughs> totally. So, so, um, one one way I have I've actually like, every card has positive, or negative, yin and yang. You know that we know that there's balance in everything. So, um, and the ten of swords has a lot of death energy, and there is nothing like inherently negative about death. Painful, yes. Negative, no. Um. With the Ten of Swords, say, I have started even to read it as, like, the necessary death of something. It's like it's like when you sort of, the pressure builds up in your mind. Like, not, not strictly. This is just one read that I kind of fall back on. But, like, when the pressure builds up in your mind so much that it just, it literally kills part of you. Um, and if it kills the part of you that is, like, that is subscribing to that power... And if it's like, it's like, say you're so anxious, you have a total meltdown and you don't leave the house and all of a sudden your mind goes blank. That's like kind of a Ten of Swords experience. Mm -hmm. And if that happens and you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, I guess let's start over. That's good. Like, th that's the thing about, yeah. th there, is no, though, there is no end to the story. It's all cycles. You can go from ace to 10. And you're just going to start, you can go from the fool to the world, but you're just going to start over. So like... That's kind of how I read, uh, say, the positive, the positive angle of that, like a necessary death, like let something die and let yourself start over mm. and like really be humble enough to start over. Yeah. This yeah. is how I read that card sometimes. That's great. So um, how are you on time? Do you have a, a specific time limit? Oh, no, I'm good. Oh, OK, cool. So three hours later. <laughs> um, no. So 
I wanted to kind of talk about like for folks who are interested in working with the tarot on their own, they hear this, they're like, this is really interesting. I'm starting to get some interest buzzing. How can they best start working with this? Is there like a spread that you find is really good for beginners or what are some things to look out for when they, they got their deck, they took off the plastic, they're going, wow, this is amazing. How do you go from this is amazing to this is me? <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I'm glad you asked about the spread because um, I would like to just a personal a personal myth to bust um, <laughs> is that is that you need to like do a fancy spread to read tarot. You do not. Um, I never do. I read like three to six or seven cards. That's that's it. They don't. They're not in any position. They don't. And honestly, I will tell you, it's because I do not remember. I cannot for the life of me remember what the Celtic cross is. It's too many cards. I can't, I can barely count to 12. You know, it's not going to happen. So, um, uh, I firmly believe the absolute best way to get into tarot is to get a deck. Just get a deck. There's like myths around. Don't get your own deck. Bullshit. Just get your own deck. Um, because you really, you want to vibe with it. You, you want to have a deck that is magical for you that when you look Mm -hmm. at it you're like oh i feel like i feel like there are answers like there's questions and answers in here and i want to look at it you really want to want to look at it and if somebody gives you like a weird creepy deck and you don't want to look at it and you think (laughs) of them and they're weird you know forget it so just get your own deck yeah um and pull a card every day easy peasy um and when you pull the card uh look up anything you want there's so much learning you can do everybody yeah everybody and their mother has an interpretation of the card a lot of similarities a lot of differences but what matters most is what comes up for you it is even better not to know because you're just working with that intuition like oh this color makes me feel sad or this guy looks kind of mad or you know like what's going on with that wheelbarrow in the back that kind of makes me think of this all of this is like golden golden information that's what makes the tarot yours legit is like you'll be reading years later and be like pull this card be like i remember when i first saw this card the first thing i noticed is the wheelbarrow and that's because this was like i realized because this was happening for me in my life and that will shape the way you read for yourself and maybe for others if you want to later on that's what makes that's what helps you illustrate your own experience of the tarot if that makes sense yeah Uh, that's so cool i know right yeah i mean i i gotta admit i've been i've been you know using protection for my tarot reading so to speak where like i'll like look up a few different interpretations so i'll pull a card and i feel like i really haven't allowed myself to make full contact with the thing and just like raw dog that card so to speak i always feel like i i feel more comfortable when i have other people explain it to me but this is kind of giving me the inspiration to like go a little bit deeper and i wonder if i was just kind of like maybe like a little afraid to just hear my own freeform associations would you would you suggest people spend time with other people's interpretations at some point? I know yeah, there's like Biddy Tarot and there's all these websites that have their their views on it, but absolutely whatever makes you comfortable is good. So if learning a lot, like feeling like you're learning a lot, makes you comfortable picking up your deck, great. Uh, if it makes you feel like overwhelmed and kind of boggled and like that's too much, then read one thing or read your little white book. And also like. Kind of the fun thing about the little white book, the guide that comes with every deck, is that you can read it and be like, bullshit, no, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't really hit for me. And and great, yeah. it doesn't. Then that brings you closer to your own interpretation, which is awesome. Um, but no, I read I read my little white book all the time, and it oh, cool. and I allow it to to shape whatever I'm working with. I'm I do daily card posts on Instagram now, which has been awesome. It's like I was like super 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 averse to using social media. It really frazzles me, but. Um, 
I started doing these daily cards as like just sort of a practice to be out there like hello I exist I'm on on the social plane but um but also to like check like kind of hold myself accountable check in with the cards every day post interpretation every day and I started um I rediscovered a deck that <clears throat> I'd had some experience with a few years ago and was sort of intimidated by because it's a little um it's it's like very it's like has very esoteric roots it's the hermetic tarot which is uh cooked up by the order of the golden dawn or some other okay um some other branch like that and it's got a lot of like um it's got like a lot of angels like like biblical angels infused into it. it's got a lot of kabbalah and i'm just like i don't understand any of that shit so fuck it i'm not no i'm not paying attention to that um and uh sorry such a tangent but like um reading alan moore's promethea um as which is sort of the second book is like a really 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 fucking amazing uh intro to the tree of life like a guide to the tree of life which is which is uh sort of the the central myth of the kabbalah if if my understanding is right (laughs) empowered me to be like okay you know what i probably still i don't really still understand this but i'm not as scared anymore so Long story short, um, I'm using this deck I'm not super familiar with. I use the little white book freely and and go from there. So, yeah, yeah use if you, if, you, if you feel comfy with it, if it makes you feel comfier, use a little white book. Just get comfy. Like, feel it, love it, carry it around in your purse, sleep with it under your pillow. Everything to just, like, be like, oh, this is mine. This is my tool for, like, understanding. This is my tool for understanding and feeling and, like, being present, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing about, like, tool use is that when you become really adept at a tool, the brain recognizes it more as an extension of your limb rather than this individual thing. So I feel like with the tarot, it's an extension of your own capacity. Like, your brain literally doesn't even recognize that it's using a tool at that point. So, like, that's kind of cool. Have you heard of um, Jodorowsky's uh, Teacher in the Cards? No, but I have his um his tarot book and it is it is wild. Okay, it is well, wild. I think that's the one that's like really thick. It's yeah, it's um, I think it's it's the way of tarot, I believe. That's the book it. Is yeah, called. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The subtitle is uh, the teacher. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the what was the deck that he used? It was like an old French. It was like the Marseille. OOG, right? Um, was I don't that... I don't even know if it's like the o, the OSG, but it's the yeah. Marseille deck. Um, okay. and he got really uh really dogmatic about it. He was like, this yeah. is the only deck. And honestly, I kind of get it. I kind of get it's like um, I had a yoga teacher who insisted that we learn the poses in Sanskrit and mm-hmm. at first I thought he was kind of being a blowhard about it and then he was like the reason we do this is because this is the only standardized like uh, name for these poses everybody else you'll like when it gets to English and yada yada people are going to call one pose many different things but this is like mm-hmm. this is the standard name so if you want to know what it actually is this is what it is so yeah. I get it and I get it's like a very it, it's um, for one thing, the main, the minor arcana aren't illust- um, illustrated with scenes. They're just pips, like a playing card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's a very basic color scheme. Uh, yeah, so I kind of get he's like, this is the real, this is the heart yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely respect like when things plug into a lineage. I kind of get like really geeky about it. That's what I like about my Buddhism studies is that mm. you can like trace trace it back like every link on a chain all the way back to the Buddha. And I think that there's something about like the purity that kind of comes through. It's like, this is the thing that has been passed down, you know, like I, I just, I love that shit. So that's why I really like Yodorowsky's um, work, but it also has really intimidated me and kind of kept me from plugging into the Mersai deck. I'm like, I am not ready to actually like study that extensively. 
Um, so that might be more for the folks who are ready to take that leap. But. Yeah, that is not what I would recommend to beginners, like by a long shot. It is like for even for me, I kind of read it for a lark. Like I get some he because he he approaches the cards with such like intense imagination and spirit that it's sort of yeah, it's it's a ride. It's it's really fun. But yeah. um, at the same time, I'm not going to use the Marseille deck because I think it's ugly. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm not. No, and I, that's, yeah. And I've been reading um, Rider Waite basically derivatives the whole time. So, and for me, that's like the, these are the symbols that, that I connect to. These are the symbols that they're yeah. not super old at all, but, um, right. but um, Pamela Coleman Smith's illustrations have become like these really, really classic icons of yeah. understanding the tarot. So I, that's what I always look for and why I don't go, I tend not to go for more abstract variations, but yeah. So one other thing I wanted to touch up on for the folks who are just getting into tarot, kind of getting back to that, like, here's how to have your own thing. Oftentimes what you see is cards in reverse. Are you supposed to keep all your cards in one one direction? Or like, how do you navigate like, oh, that card fell out and I put it in upside down. What happens when that, what does that augment to the card or should you just flip it? What, what mm. does a reverse card mean? Um, I read it uh, usually very simply as <clears throat> this energy is present. It is blocked, though. It is like mm. um, a light switch sometimes. So it's like, here's the energy that is here, and there is something in the way, you know. Sometimes I read it, um, and this requires, you know, just <clears throat> a little bit more understanding of, of like, the story of the tarot. Sometimes I read it as return to the previous card. Um, that's another way I hear reversals. So sometimes, like, if you were to pull the two of swords reversed, I'm sorry, the th I was going to say the three of swords reversed. Um, maybe I'd say, let's go back. Okay, before we get into like <clears throat> the giant, the pain explosion and everything that comes with that, let's go into back to like this moment of stillness and of reflection and of like choice. You know, mm, let's let's yeah. go back to like this element of like even simplicity before it gets really crazy, you know? Yeah. So um, are all your cards <clears throat> supposed to be a certain way or face a certain way? Most decks I have worked with make it pretty hard to tell which way the cards are facing. So I think the cards are just going to come reversed no matter what sometimes. Got and you. yeah, and it just means it's again, it's all very fluid, but those are the, the ways I tend to read reversals. Either the energy is here and it's blocked. How can we work with it? Or um, let's what can we learn from the previous card? Yeah. To well, move I've through never this. heard of the, the previous card version. That's actually really cool. And I like I feel like it opens up some creative flexibility with that. Totally. So that's really cool. I always thought it was just kind of like the opposite. So like in the Three of Swords, it's like, yeah, you're feeling really good. <laughs> but that's probably not it. Maybe that's just me. But the thing know. is, the pain is there. Even if it's yeah. not there, if you're feeling good, yeah. it means, oh, this pain is not here. But even oh. just by, by saying it, it's there. You know, yeah. you're like you know it's there. You're like accordance with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know it's there. It's just not in your direct field. Right. Wow, I love that. Cool. So I feel like that was like a pretty solid 101 for the folks who might not have any idea. Um, and I know that you so generously offered to give me a reading. And I almost feel like that might be a good invitation for other people to experience what that space is like. And also kind of see like the vulnerability of it and just kind of feel that energy. So if you're open to it, I would still love to receive that and to tap into that space with you. Oh, it'd be my super pleasure and very brave awesome. of you to put yourself out there yeah. on the interwaves. <laughs> um, yeah. Beautiful. So um, I'm going to have a sip of water because I feel like it's got a little something going yeah, on. But, yeah. Um, so, so I will tell you, like I said, I don't do any, um, any particular spread ever. I pull three cards. I, 
I don't even pull them in in order, really. I sort of shuffle them um, the way I feel works the best. Um, so that's what you'll see. I might pull some more. I pull, uh, if a card slips out, I read it, because I think, what, what more do you need? You know, what better sign yeah. do you need? Um, I just open with a little, a, a short breath work and meditation. I like to ask, if, if you if you get a reading from me online, I get, I ask you at the very top when you, when you buy the reading, um, what you're hoping to address. And um, it could be that you are like genuinely not hoping to address anything uh, and that, but something will come up. It always comes up. Um, but if you have that intention, sort of, if you can bring it a little closer to the front before we get into it, I will be able to address it more, more clearly, obviously. And then I just kind of, and then I end with a, with a short breath work as well. So. I love the the inclusion of the breath work. I find like creating that container for it as well. You know, physiologically entering the head and heart space. Totally. So just want totally. to throw that there. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know, you know, the way I'm thinking of it more re- recently is like if you use a Ouija board, you say hello and goodbye, um, and even like saying goodbye. I have to remind myself to like sign off at the end and be like, okay, okay, we're leaving. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely. Please don't follow a, me home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. The terror will always yeah. follow you. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it really helps to have the container and get on the same page. Mm-hmm. So Brett, is there anything you are hoping to address in this reading? I don't want to cop out and say no. That's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't really have anything like, there's nothing like pressing in my life right now, which is like a first. Um, is, is generalized okay? Yeah, of course. Of course. It'll okay. come up. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Cool. All right, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it then. So just a quick little breathwork exercise. Go ahead and close your eyes. <clears throat> Feel your feet on the floor. I like to kind of lift my toes up and place them back with intention on the floor. Feel the balls of your feet on the floor, the heels on the floor, and even roll between them and feel all these points where your body connects with the earth. And sort of bring your awareness up parallel through the joints, your ankles, long bones of your shins, the knees, the extra long bones of your thighs, and your butt. And if you're sitting, feel where your butt is in the seat and sort of even shift, feel your weight evenly between the sides of your seat and sense into where you connect with the chair and where the chair connects with the earth. And you know, whether there's floor, rug, concrete, a whole other story beneath you. Imagine that channel opening up between you and the earth. From here, take your attention up through the glorious, flexible vertebrae of your spine. You can just, you can kind of roll into them. That feels nice. Take this opportunity to sit up nice and tall firm up through your core and sort of like a finger kind of drag your attention lovingly up your spine up to the base of your neck where it connects with your skull and up to your skull up to the crown of your skull the tallest point of yourself where you touch the sky we're gonna take three deep breaths together and as we breathe in I'd like to sort of pull this energy this awareness all the way up through your feet up into your skull. You're going to hold it at the top and release it and sort of let energy come in through your skull all the way to your feet. We'll do this three times. 
the inhale for four. Hold it, feel that at the top of your skull, and release. All the way to the bottom of your feet. Breathe in for four. Hold that at the top of your crown and release. Flowing all the way down your spine and your bones to your feet. Now the last one, we feel strongly where we connect with the earth and the sky. We breathe in for four. And hold and sip, sip a little more. And then let everything go. And flow back down. Just sort of let your breathing return to normal. Feel you sort of opened up this energy highway, flowing evenly and smoothly between your skull and your feet, earth and the sky. Now you can feel free to leave your eyes closed or gently blink them open. Off camera, what I'm going to be doing is just shuffling the deck like this. I'm going to ask you to say stop three times, and that's how we pick the cards, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, whenever you're ready. Stop. Okay. Two more times. Uh, stop. Once more with feeling. And start. Beautiful. Okay. I'm going to read this first one first because it fully fell out of my hands. So. <clears throat> okay. This is the Two of Pentacles. Um, I would like to suggest intuitively that perhaps this is a little, this energy is a little elusive. Um, but yet in being elusive, uh, commanding a lot of your attention um so with the two we're sort of like as with all twos we are getting our footing and beginning our journey through um through this particular story and this is the story of the pentacles this is the story of your work on earth this is the story of your resources this is the story of your body um and this is the story of just being in it being in it um with the two, a major element that comes up, <clears throat> you can see with our little, um, harder to see actually in this deck, in, in your deck, in a Rider weight deck, this person is juggling. And so with the two, we start incorporating um, these elements. We go from the ace, which is like the very essence of the pentacles, the gift of like, I read it as a seed a lot. This is your seed. This is something that, um, that in communion with the earth and with nature, you can grow into something that will nourish you later. And that's kind of the whole story of the pentacles is a story of growth and of work um, and of nourishment. And with the two, um, we see, okay, yeah, the, the ace is, 
it, it's all it's like it's, it's such a gift it's like what do you do when you have more than one gift like where do we where are we going from here and sort of seeing how those gifts relate to each other pull sort of pull from each other how do you keep these both in your life because it's never quite so simple as being the johnny appleseed and being like okay i have one thing to do i'm gonna go do it um there's always many things to do especially with you can see here on the horizon like you can your gifts have have global impact i'm gonna say that you you the work you do has an effect far beyond your immediate surroundings um also kind of kind of boggling so at this point sort of dealing with this sort of managing these energies of like what's what's the what's the little juggling act i have to do every day to like stay in stay in motion that's like a emotion is is like how juggling works if you're staying still you're not juggling um so keeping keeping these things in the air and keeping some dynamism to them but also paying everything the attention that it needs so i'll i'll leave you with that is this uh bringing up anything i should take yeah. note of yeah okay. yeah for sure okay well feel free to share or not as we go on good okay here are two more for you oopsie we have the five of cups and the queen of rods um how fresh is this breakup <laughs> i pulled so many five of cups this past year like that was one of the ones that it was literally like every day for a week yeah so yeah um it was probably like a month two months ago so yeah. with the five the five is like when we in the story of the cups is when we first learn loss um, our hearts have grown so much and inevitably things spill, like things kind of, things fall apart. We lose shit, we lose stuff. And with the five, we necessarily, there is a whole card devoted to this, take the time to mourn. And like, and the five is a really good reminder. It's like, there's really no getting through this without mourning and grieving. Um, and not just, I, I, I just remembered you mentioned a breakup, which is like, you know, Cups, cups number one is like our relationships and um, how our hearts sort of grow and interact with and, and, and share energy with other hearts. But um, I, f I feel like a, a big, like a, a sense of community in this car because we've all like lost a lot this past year. Um, as a global community, we sort of, we lost a lot. Even those like, I, I am like, probably one of the luckiest people in the world. Nobody I know died of COVID, you know? Um, I didn't lose my job and live on the streets. Um, and yet, when I look back on last year, like, you, you have to you have to mourn, because it was it was tragic. Um, crucially, this is this is this is the nice part of the Five of Cups. There's always there's always a nice part is once once you really like say your prayers, say your eulogies, take the time to honor what is lost you get to go back and work again with what you still have because you never lose everything you there is no like i've lost everything card really um you always have something left there's always this renewable energy in your heart and there's the story keeps going the story of your heart keeps going this is only in the middle um 
it's just kind of a necessary, a necessary moment. Um, and in this, when you, when you sort of work through take your time to mourn and grieve, you get to work with these cups and say, okay, I can still love, I can still feel, we're good, we're, we're, we're here we go. Like, it's not like I'm gonna go out and love again, you just do. Every day you wake up, you love, you do. Um, and that's how the story goes. But also, kind of, uh, we, we notice this castle here, like, lot, many interesting things ahead. Many, uh, mm. many treasures, um, a, a, a journey. What's in the castle? What's the castle for you? Once like that, what's that goal? What's that sense of security? What's that sense of adventure in your emotional, in your emotional life? You know, mm. what's it? Where's that? Yeah, I think, I think adventure is actually something. The coolest thing about the tarot and reading for other people, especially is I get something new every single time. I don't think I've ever strictly used the word adventure in correlation with this card. Oh, but interesting. like seeing, seeing the story of your heart and of your emotions as an adventure, um, you know, fraught with challenges, but also delights and treasures is, a, is an interesting lesson of this card, I think. Mm, I like that a lot. Okay, here, sunshiny, badass, we have the Queen of Rods. Oh, I realize, uh, dear listeners, I should probably be taking more effort to describe what we're looking at. So um, the Queen of Rods, and I will say also, uh, if you're listening along, I'm reading from the Morgan Greer Tarot, which is based on Rider Waite, um, a little different, and watercolor illustrations that are um, sort of, even just like more focused, it's like a closer lens. So So the Queen of Rods we see here with... um, with her, her ma- like magic wand. The rods are also are another word for wands. Um, and this is a magic wand and, uh, and the sunflower here. The way I read queens is um, that the queens are masters of their, uh, of their suit, um, author- like monarchs, regions of their suit, and they rule over the internal realm. So where kings are making things happen outwardly, queens are making things happen inwardly. Um, and that's, I wish I could tell you who, do I, who I attribute that to, but I don't remember. It was years ago I heard that. But so the Queen of Rods, with the Queen of Rods, I ask you, it's like, you're asking, as you move through this journey, as you are sort of waking up, dealing with the nitty gritty, being like, how do I balance everything I need to do every day? How do I balance like these different paths that I'm trying to flush out and these different, different projects that I'm trying to like bring out of the ground like uh, Dr. Manhattan on Mars. Um, <laughs> and as I deal, as I like live my human life full of heart and, uh, and feeling and deal with these sort of tough moments and like you go in and you ask yourself, what is the true miraculous illuminating nature of my spirit? What is the power of my spirit? What is the power of this animation that I have inside me and this, ability to pull from within myself and bring to life with passion it's just it's 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 pure fire Mm. pure fire it can it can start from so little and become so much and you can you can light up the you can light up even i'm gonna say you have these, this kind of murkiness here. You, can, you have the power to light up the whole sky around you. You have the power to change what you're seeing. 
and how you move through the world because you have the power of being in communion with your spirit in doing mm-hmm. this powerful like close like it's it's it starts with closed doors but like this powerful internal magical work really being in touch and owning it owning your power starts mm-hmm. from doing this work and understanding what it is like we were talking about it's like you don't really know where you're going until you know where you're at you don't really know what you can do until you know what you're working with so it's like this is a, a message i get from this is know thyself know your beauty know your power know your power there's no getting around it um and do this work and you will be and it will be seen when you work on yourself it is seen there is because the door is closed but the windows are open you know everybody sees mm-hmm. that the light is on inside wow you know yeah okay so little story and this is this is just a fun, it's it's so nice to see queens they're so powerful um and and so inspiring so i would say remember her remember the remember the power of the light remember that light light and energy is power <clears throat> As you remember that balance, there's like motion in balance. Like if you do, if you do yoga, if you do, if you stand on one foot, the illusion is that you're not moving. Whereas of course, if you're like noticing what's going on in your foot, it's just like like little micro motions, like you're constantly stabilizing. Um, And that's what it is. And that is great. And that is how you move forward. to the to the next part of your story it's just kind of like being with all the little micro motions that come with being in balance it's not static i love that yeah it's it's a totally dynamic um taking the time to mourn what is lost like really creating some like sacred space around mourning and grief and because it's so tempting again we love to just kind of brush this thing off um our society does but like and this is a card that makes you stop um Taking the time, then understanding, sort of assessing what you're working with and how and where you want to go with it, with your emotions. And, and, you know, getting back your sense of agency, because when you take a huge hit like that, it feels like you're drowning. Um, and seeing yourself as even just like getting this kind of perspective on getting a little a little bit outside of your emotions, being able to see them for what they are and like and the sadness and the grief and the joy and everything, but being, getting to, getting to witness it, you know, as opposed to just like, blah, 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 I'm drowning, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, blah, blah, blah. You do, you get, you get yeah. to have this perspective. Yeah. And getting your perspective back on like, okay, where, where am I going? You know, what, where, what was I doing before all this happened? You know, where do I want, what do I want? What do I want for my heart? You know, mm. where is my heart taking me? Mm. Where's my heart taking me? Yeah. And then, Beautifully, fundamentally, I love this card because I have a little black cat, and in Rider Waite, the queen has a little black cat. Um, doing this work of connecting with your own your own power and your spirit with this, like, and earning your authority, um, earning your authority 
of over your, not over your spirit, but like the authority that comes with being in true communion with your spirit and with your energy and doing this work and trusting that it is, it is seen and it is respected. Juicy. Yeah. Juicy fruit. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Is anything, any questions, anything come up that was a little sticky or um, resonant or anything like that? Yeah. So I guess my, um, what immediately came up, it was funny that you drew like the two of pentacles because something that I am kind of chewing on right now is I have so many offerings that I'm doing. Uh, primarily, I do body work for a living. Uh, I do this podcast. Um, and the one thing that I, I, I'm certified to do, but I haven't really fully stepped into the role of is to teach mindfulness meditation. Um, I actually got certified under uh, a lineage. So I am kind of a torchbearer for something that has lasted 2,500 years. And a big thing that I've been kind of chewing with is like, I really want to make sure that I honor that and I don't use that as a means to just dissuade people into weird directions. And I've really been thinking a lot the past few days of how I can actually step more into that role and bring this into Grand Rapids and actually be an ambassador for this, you know, this huge monumental thing. And so trying to balance how to really honor that, do my body work, maintain this podcast has been kind of the conversation I've been having with myself, honestly, like this whole week. So for us to start off with that was just like, oh, Okay, yeah, I guess that's what's coming forward. How funny. So um, the the thing I thought of, I went to this um, shibari class, this rope bondage class, and this guy was just this businessman um, who started, he was just nuts about rope bondage, and he started going to, taking business trips to Japan and um, taking classes there. And he took classes for so many years that the teacher, like, kind of, I don't even know what the language barrier was like by the end of it, but the teacher just gave him a piece of paper he's like, okay, thank you. And then one of his acolytes says, like, no, 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 no. That means you have, you have to teach. It's not even like uh, you're allowed to teach. It means you have to teach. So um, that was the first thing I thought of when you were talking about this. Um, so anyway, so he came back to L.A. And he's like, I, ha- I guess I have to teach now. All right. I don't know what else I was doing. But and he, and he opened this, uh, this studio to teach this particular teacher's uh, practice, which is so cool. But um, the first, like, the sense of duty uh, that, that comes with that, like, having the millennia of of teaching behind you and being and coming to the front of it and i actually kind of see this like with the ship in the distance it's kind of like this ship just left you in grand rapids <laughs> with this <laughs> sea and you're like okay you know and like yeah. how do i how do i work with this so you have a obviously this is like you're working with seeds here you're working with these things that are going to grow and become something that nourish not just you, but other people too. Like these turn into trees and trees Mm -hmm. live what forever. I don't know. Um, I've never seen a tree die. Right. No, not possible. So, um, so sort of understanding that. And I would also just encourage you to, to, it doesn't need, it, it needs to be dynamic and it need, you have to do these little micro motions of like keeping everything in balance and in check, but it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. You know, mm-hmm. it can be like, oh, I need to do this and this, but also what about this and this and this? See what you can do to bring it down. It's just like, I need to do this and I need to do this, mm-hmm. this and this, this and this, and just kind of keep keep two feet in the game, you know, yeah. Stay, yeah. stay stay grounded with it. I love that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy, to, especially when you're like, 
really passionate about something, you really want to like honor the thing, you know, to like, I have to make sure every single element of this is already neatly contained. It has to be perfect right out the gate. Otherwise it's over. So yeah, thank you for that idea of, you know, keeping it simple, I think is also something I probably haven't been doing the best of. Uh, well, also keep like being perfect right out of the gate. Like what you want your yeah. little seed to be like, you want it to be a, like sprout tomorrow into a perfect little tiny bonsai because that's not gonna happen mm -hmm. it's gonna be a weird yeah. little shoot you're gonna be like yeah. ugh, what is this what do you need more i don't know nitrogen more yeah. sun um it's a it's a process it's a you're working with something yeah. that is like a you're at the beginning of a long process yeah that's what we see with oh, like I a two that. yeah 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 and the second thing um with the five of cups the fact that that was pulled up where i feel like i'm at with it right now is like I've gotten a lot of space from the situation and really processed a lot of the emotions. And the part that you were talking about that really resonated with me was the idea of that castle in the background. And like the fact that you pointed to like the optimism of the card, like, yeah, three cups have spilled over, but you still have these two. It just kind of showed me like, yeah, that happened. There was a loss, but at the same time, there's the castle in the distance, which is the work that I'm doing and like learning how to balance and, just like in acknowledgement that like, yes, something happened, you lost something, there was grieving, but also you, that's been like a karmic thing that I've kind of been dealing with for a long time, you know, and different people will come in and fill that role. But I feel like the grieving is bigger than just like that individual person, but like my relationship to that idea of what partnership is and like romance and like what I need from things. So it's like really passing out of the dark of that night into the role or like the fire of like the queen of wands of like the self-illuminated like power you know so all of that kind of was very specific <laughs> fancy that i mean and you just yeah. said it so beautifully too again like this is I, I, why I love reading for people. They all they'll say things to me, and I'm like, "That was fucking gorgeous, boy! You really yeah. nailed it." Because you you know you know you yeah. you know what this yeah. means to you. I yeah. I have some ideas, but yeah. ultimately it's all about you. Yeah. Awesome. Gorgeous. That so was fun. yeah. That was supremely helpful. And hopefully, I think listeners also got a little bit of the 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 atmosphere of what tarot can provide. You know, we both had. I mean, you said a lot of things that were very potent as well, and like accurate and. I think in working with somebody else, I mean, doing it on your own is a cool thing, but like your wisdom, your knowledge of the deck comes through and can just be really beautiful. It's like the tarot extended, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah. it's, if when you're not quite, even when you are, like getting tarot readings is awesome no matter how much you know, but it's especially nice when you haven't quite gotten the, and honestly, like the very least you need to know is, um, kind of generally what the what the suits are about, generally what the numbers are about, um, and generally what the major arcana are about, and maybe generally what the court cards are about. That's about yeah. it, and then you go from there. But <clears throat> when you don't quite have that base of knowledge yet, it's really, yeah, it's it's cool to see like what it looks like when somebody who's like, has a sort of a, a sense of what's going on and like, and how to infuse that with just the sheer, sheer like in the moment intuitive read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, TC, we are at an hour 24. This is the longest episode I've had in a minute. I've wow. been usually keeping it at like at 60. I've been really uh, cognizant of that, but I'm really glad that you were able to stay a little bit longer um, and give me some of your time and offer your service and your offering. And I hope that it is going to be in service of other people plugging into this. So 
thank you so much for giving me your time and your energy and your insight. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this entire conversation. This was wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad. I had such a ball. Thank you for giving the space for me to shoot my mouth, ramble about these dang cards, which I love, yeah. and whatever else I rambled about. What, Dan Brown? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, <laughs> I got in there. You can't take that back. Oh, I know. I know. Cat's out of the bag, man. Um, yeah. Before I forget, let's do a real quick uh, deep breath in and out just to seal the deal, yeah? Let's yep. do it. Plug back in with your feet. Feel your butt in the seat. Head in the sky. We're going to breathe in. Hold it and let everything go. Beautiful. Goodbye, cards. See you next time. Thank you for closing, because otherwise I would have been popping up near dinner time for you. That would have been really awkward. I wasn't invited. (laughs) So, um, yeah, before we uh, tune off, though, I want to give you the opportunity. uh, Where can people find you? How can they plug in? What are you offering for folks Outside of, re- do you just do readings? Do you teach? What's your... I am so glad you asked. Thank you. So um, you can find me on Instagram. Reluctantly, I am there. It's, um, I'm T-E-E-S-E-E Tarot, which is T-A-R-O-T. I do daily card polls. I hope you enjoy them. I enjoy doing them. Um, you can also book a reading with me through Instagram or through my website, which is T-E-E-S-E-E Tarot.com. Um, and I do, actually, I haven't I haven't structured this yet, but I am more than willing and very, very happy to offer lessons. Um, and right now, it's just sort of in a nebulous prototype. So if if you're curious about learning tarot, um, you can message me on Instagram or hit me up through my website and we can talk about what you want to learn and go from there. I also do events also. Um, if you happen to be in the LA area or if you fancy a remote event, I'm available for all these things. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Truly. It's been an honor and a pleasure and we will catch you hopefully sometime soon. I'd love that. Pleasure's all mine. None for you. All mine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no you can have it it's fine yeah, i usually right. have a lot of pleasure in my life oh wow wow yeah. it's a pleasure <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what we're ending it on. all right folks that was the episode thank you so much for listening all the way through till the end that was my friend tc tarot if you want to send them some love head on over to their website tctarot.com book a reading it's the holiday season and you have earned it buy yourself the gift of intuition and insight buy it for a friend whatever you do just uh, make sure we send some love to tc's way out in la um, if you want to send me some love i'm also accepting you can head on over to apple Podcasts, leave us a review subscribe on youtube instagram facebook you know what to do it's the digital age we're all living in it uh, truly interaction is the gold standard at this point um It helps me secure more guests, helps me provide even more in-depth conversations for you to learn and me to learn. Really, this is all about me. I'm learning a lot doing this, so help keep this venture afloat. Um, And yeah, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, I will see you in two 